Ladies and gentlemen, hello. That's it? Why would you not just say hello? We just started. Hello. You're already looking at me like I'm not bringing hello. enough to the it's table. Good. We just started. It's good to see you all today. You go ahead. You you, you acting like you got a, a grand old intro. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, will, I want you to share the good word. Yeah? Yep. Are you going to get attitude with me or? Let's go ahead. Hello. I, we, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have a positive message to deliver. For the first time ever on the this podcast. The first time on the goal, what is this, episode 55? 54 or something like that? Uh, 56, I think. A positive message coming your way. Uh, I received on LinkedIn. Uh, most of you, please do not add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> If, if you're not uh, one of my friends that I'm thinking of, add me on LinkedIn. But if you are one of my friends, do not add me on LinkedIn. Don't do it. Drunk Yosef, I don't need the LinkedIn connection. I don't need it. No, he's going to hit the like... Uh, do you think he has a, a Drunk Yosef burner on LinkedIn? Yeah, and he's going to... He, You know how you can like uh, like attest to other people's like... Oh, right. Traits like that you endorse? Can, yeah. Oh, you're going to get the Drunk Yosef Big endorser. Uh, I got a message from an App State alumni. Karen Matthews, and I asked if it was okay if I uh, read this message off on the podcast, and she said yes. So I got this on August 26th, and uh, I don't think I saw it right away. I think I maybe saw it the next day. Just a really good, really good message, really wholesome. So uh, here we go. Hi, Will. I sent a connection request. 2003 App State alumni living in HTX. I believe that's Houston. Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's their airport. Maybe it's Harrisburg. Known for HTX. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Houston. Found the Gold Room podcast and love it. Started with episodes 34 through, through 36. I would like to go back and see what those episodes were. Yeah, let me... And see uh, what her first dip in the, the pool was. <laughs> I'll find that for you. She says, uh, I revisit key moments of the podcast or of the of App State Football to get psyched before every season. First, the miracle on the mountain. I'm old school and saw it live. That's awesome. Michigan upset, obviously. Watched it in the Charleston Buffalo Wild Wings during a bachelorette trip. Wow. Uh, the UNC and USC wins of 2019. And then Texas A&M and college game tape, plus the Troy Miracle Part 2. Uh, and then this was the craziest part. She says, asterisk, removed almost apps Tennessee and Penn State this year i believe she's saying that she used to revisit that but she no longer does it yeah she said the fact that she said almost apps and that's like like yeah. kind of a thing we say yeah like she's a she's a big gold head yeah like a diehard gold almost head. apps <laughs> she says love the pod uh love the references to boontown been in houston houston been in houston since 2007 get, get ar score up thanks to you and parker keep it up friends um, she said, uh, of the App State podcast, the gold room is my top pick. Your dynamic kind of reminds me of Gary Parrish and Kyle Boone. If you listen to the Eye on College basketball podcast. Keep it up. Looking forward to the season. Hopefully a big W against the Tar Holes on Saturday. Hmm. Hmm. I think every game, I think every game is a must win, but I have totally unrealistic expectations here as we all do. That's well, part you. of being a fan, but thank, thank you, Karen. No, we love hearing stuff like that. That's we, uh, I, the, the fact that anybody like sits down and listens to like the right. two of us just like silly banter. Like, yeah, 
anytime any of us get like a stranger's compliment yeah. of the show it's like you guys should we like get giddy about it yeah because we just never we always forget that there's actually people that listen i think that's beyond the thing our is, friends we don't we do this because we find it fun. Like I right. think we would do this if like the listener rate on every episode was zero. Probably, yeah, yeah probably. Like, yeah. So it, it's it's cool to you know people that aren't our friends and have like no like moral obligation to uh, be a part of this. Yeah. That to find that you know especially like you know last year we talked about on the show with Justin Abson's family came yes. up to you after a game. Oh my like, god, that was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> That's like the it, it makes you giddy like that. Yeah. So thank you, Karen. Uh, hope you're enjoying HTX. Uh, as because I knew what that acronym was. Um, we are going to talk about, of course, the Chapel Hill game. Uh, we're going to take a look at maybe so we'll talk about ECU a little bit. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, just just uh, one more thing on the Karen oh, thing. I found oh. the episodes. Um, uh, 30 through, 34 through thirty six. So this is the uh, gold uh, or Karen resident goldhead. This was her first experience. And it honestly was us in our bag the best. Oh, It's the... The uh, prime of... We're already past our prime. <laughs> it's... 34 was the pre-Texas A&M. Ooh! 35 was our Midnight Yell episode. And then 36 is <gasps> our recap of the game. Yeah! <laughs> that Midnight Yell Actually, episode, Actually, and you know what? Episode 36 came out a year ago today. We're recording on September 12th. Uh, episode 36 came out September 12th. Wow. So Nine twelve. I, you know, it's been a, a year since you've discovered our uh, our podcast. That midnight yell. That's probably our most listened to episode because I remember I was spamming that to Texas A and M people complaining. Every yeah. tweet uh, from Texas A and M fans or articles about the game, I would respond and say, "OMG, leaked audio from the midnight yell practice room. You yes. won't believe what they said." Yeah, we we got to like. <laughs> ridiculous numbers off of that one Uh, yeah so i I, we should have monetized that one hey hold on i'm just so i did this on apple Podcasts, and i normally listeners i don't check apple Podcasts as much as i check spotify just because it's the platform i use the most um we have seven ratings now on uh hey apple Podcasts. is it a good rating we have a 4.4 that's fair. That's pretty hey, solid. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> Yo, that's my 40 time. Theme song. Hey. Welcome back. You're in the gold room. Presented by Will Strickland and Parker Stone. All right, so let's get into business today. Um, you said you were going to crack the game. Oh, I thought you were going to do your thing first. No, I was going to let you. Home. I thought you were going to come back from the oh, the well, theme song and uh, fans at home just scratch the last like fifteen seconds. What just, do we do? just right here. I'll do that. Parker Stone and Will Strickland. <laughs> and welcome back. Welcome back. What are you? What are you sipping on, big fella? I'm uh, drinking a Bojangles hard sweet tea. And full transparency, what did you drink before it? I had a Bud Light. Mm, mm, mm. Standing in solidarity, man. <laughs> ally. I'm an ally. <laughs> I'm an ally. I too have a drink. Uh, it is not prime. Although I did try a new prime flavor this weekend. Wow. It's, uh, he told me he was bringing a drink over and. Uh, 
listeners, I have no idea what it is, and I assumed until right now it was Prime. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a little gag. This isn't a, a special effects. He doesn't know. Okay. I actually have no idea. I tried the Lemonade Prime. Probably the prettiest bottle. You hadn't tried Lemonade? I feel like this is the most It's basic uncommon. Flavor. I hadn't seen it before. Okay. I had seen it. I tried Meta Moon before Lemonade. All right. But what the what is Meta Moon? I don't know. Like? I looked it up and the you prime you had it and you don't know what the it tastes prime like? website says Meta Moon. It doesn't say what the what the like flavor. Why would you drink something like that? It was good. You know how many microplastics there are in your body? More than you, man up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Get your That's plastics up, bro. <laughs> Lemonade was good. It had a weird aftertaste, so I don't know if I'll have it again, but it was a very pretty bottle. We are not the Prime Review Podcast. What am I drinking today? Well, you see here, well, I'm the only You hear here, fans, I have a little little, uh, protein shaker cup right here. G Fuel branded, might I add. Yes. So, surely I'm putting G Fuel in it, right? No, I'm assuming you're not. No. Is it Kool Aid? I'm putting their competitor in. I got a free trial with gamer sups oh here you go oh did you bring some extras for me maybe i want to try that no no i only got three samples so i have to use them sparingly i think i'll use them for the next two episodes oh okay cool uh this is mango meta take a look at that what is why is meta involved in this it's the meta but not like mark zuckerberg meta what'd you think it's a little like honestly like a condom looking packet it really fans it's the same shape just about the same size and it tears in the exact same way you would expect but uh, instead of protection it's uh powder and it says new and improved on it so i yeah imagine this is so i'm gonna go ahead and pour this in sugar give me the packet i've had my hand out like a gorilla for the last 20 seconds sugar free there are whatever new tropics are and then it's a picture of an eye don't know what that means and antioxidants. Cough it up, bucko. All right. I'm going to prepare it. Here we go. First rip. Oh, let's see a little poof came out. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my God. I hope that doesn't set up, though. <gasps> Sparkler. Sparkler. You're going to give me mesothelioma. All right, here we go. It looks like uh, ramen seasoning. It does look like ramen seasoning. Or like Cheeto powder. Yeah. Oh, Cheeto powder. Yeah, like the Cheeto Kraft mac and cheese. Yes. Okay. And while I shake this up, Parker, what are we talking about today? I kind of already talked about it a little bit, but um, just vamp for me. So we're going to start off by talking <laughs> about the North Carolina game. Yes. I think that's the uh, <laughs> logical place to start. Will um, was at the game. I was there. With Drunk Yosef. I had private security. Fans were all over me. I, I watched the game. <laughs> uh, I was on vacation in Charleston this weekend, so mm-hmm. I watched the game at a beautiful little sports pub there. All right, I'm going to try Meta Moon. Or not Meta Moon. That's Prime. What is this? Oh, Jesus Christ. Mango Meta. Uh, Too Meta. <laughs> Too Meta. Too Meta. And then uh, I'm going to, I, of course, will give you my rundown of my game day experience. Had another weird-ass Chapel Hill fan experience. Uh, I just don't like them. It's it's such a weird place to go. Not to profile, but I'm profiling. <laughs> it, it's such a weird place to go in general. Like, Chapel Hill is a weird town. But yeah, the sports environment is, and it's so weird because like across the country, like Chapel Hill, especially when it comes to basketball, whatever, like they're a national brand. Like yeah, everybody knows the North Carolina logo, the colors, and it's like this program that you feel like has this unbelievable sports tradition. 
and then you get there. I, I didn't realize they haven't won a conference championship in 40 years. No. So what, what what's all the hype about? <laughs> they're getting to me. They're not to the level of Texas football because they're, they're just not as big. Like in football, yes. they're just not as big as Texas. They're not close. Yeah. But we're getting, we're, we need to start having that conversation of every year. Oh, Max back. North Mac Carolina Brown. is going to compete for an ACC title. And then they go at eight and four, mm-hmm. or yep. six and six. And yeah. so game day experience. First of all, the drink, um, it, this is like the most accurate fruit taste I've ever. It actually tastes like I'm biting a raw a mango. mango. Yeah. Have you ever, yeah, like, purchased mango and had them? Yeah, they're interesting to eat. Exactly. It's not easy. So it's actually kind of uh, refreshing. Okay. Um. So shout out, uh, Gamer Sups. Uh, not a sponsor for legal purposes. Not that unlike Wealth Print. No. Oh no 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 <laughs> no. no. anyways i wasn't expecting to go to the game but um uh early last week drunk yosef hit me up he said i have an extra ticket you want to come i was like yeah sure so uh now drunk yosef grew up uh his family are tar heels so he grew up going to chapel hill for basketball and football whatever so he knew the vibes and everything and i was basically just following him around right First of all, the fun, the first funny thing that happens. So we park in this little parking lot. We find a spot, and then he keeps. They keep talking about um. Let's go to he's not. He's not. Let's go to he's not. Oh God. And I'm like, is this like? This word is not processing for me. I'm like, is this a academic building? Are we? Yeah. Are we networking? Which is fine. Again, it's a free ticket. I'm gonna like. Follow. You think this is spelled like H E E S? Like it's a donut. K N. A W P, right, like it's right. a like an academic, like it's the biology. That he's not right. Building. There's like an event there. Yeah. And I'm like free ticket. I'm sure I will follow around like a little puppy dog. Yeah, we'll do whatever you want. It's just he's not. He's not. I'm like all right, cool. And then uh, we go to this bar, and it's like pretty packed outside. We go inside, go upstairs. Um, first of all, I want to get up there. Shout out to Brad Zim. Uh, this guy, he's like, hey, are you are you absolute homeboy? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> So I talked to Brad Zinn. Appreciate you uh, uh, saying hi. Um, and while we're there, um, as we were walking in, I had seen these before, but never really like thought anything of them. Um, everyone had these like big uh, plastic cups that they were drinking out of, like blue. It had like a little phone on it. It looked like when like a uh, police department or college does like a don't drive drunk PSA thing. Yeah, we put a little phone. You know, call this number, call Safe Ride, something like that. Yeah, I was like, okay. I guess the school's giving out these cups or something. So, uh, Drunk Yosef orders. Um, I, I don't know if I should. Drunk Yosef brother. Drunk Yosef 2 orders. Jose, Drunk Yosef this Jr. Is new. He's new to the universe. He is kind of new to the universe. Well, it was in the background of the Drunk Yosef interview episode. He was present for you that. Can hear some you can giggles. probably hear some, hear some giggles. Yeah. He gets one and they then they get two. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So, the bar sells these. And then I'm like reading the cup. And it's like, he's not here. He's not here. You realize that that's. And I'm like, where drunk you... Joseph. Where are we? And he says, the, "It's called. He's not here." I was like, "Oh, he's not. He's not here." Yeah. It wasn't even part of my lexicon. I did yes. not even process what was being said. And then for the rest of the day, I saw those cups crushed in every little gutter, yeah. and sewer, oh, and yeah. frat yard oh, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Genius marketing. By Unbelievable. He's not here. Great bar name. The cups are a great idea. 
great overall. Have you been to He's Not? Are you aware uh, of He's I Not? I have been there. Okay. I think the name is stupid. Okay. Here we go. Mr. Negative. It's a cool place, cool vibe, but it's just a bad name. It was kind of a weird place, though, because the second floor, it's like an old building. The second floor ceiling's really small. Yeah. So the parts where there's, like, beams, like, my head was, like, kind of touching, touching. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so that was weird. I just, it's like everything that, like, Chapel Hill fans, I feel like, obsess over that they all, like, that is the one bar. He's not, he's, everybody loves he's not here, blah, blah, blah. It's all right. I mean, I had my prime, so I didn't get anything. Like, Chapel Hill, like, they always, they talk about how unbelievable, Franklin Street, you gotta go to Franklin Street, it's so cool. It's okay. (laughs) It, uh, it's a street with bars on it. After he's not. We go back to our car. An elderly gentleman drives in, gets the la- the only spot left, and he says, how do I pay for parking? And we're like, you got to do it on the app. And I know this. Oh, he does he, not he, know what an He's got is. a flip phone. Yeah. He's using Jitterbug. Let me point out as well, the weather was terrible. The weather was pretty solid for the game, but beforehand, it was just raining. It was just yeah. terrible weather. So our tailgate was just the three of us. The, the trunk was open. We were sitting there huddled together trying to avoid the rain right uh drunk yosef had his shirt off so when this elderly man <laughs> drives by and asks how to pay shirtless drunk yosef says oh you got to use the app well, okay this guy's like mm, like getting the hell out of here sure enough he comes over he's like would you or, or drunk yosef to his credit he says i'll help you oh so the gentleman parks he walks over he goes to the sign he comes back he goes i took a picture of the sign what do i do now I'm like oh, oh. Can't use his phone. Oh. So I use my phone. I scan the QR code of the picture of the sign that the gentleman took. Pull up the website. Drunk Yosef is holding the phone. This man is reading off, I mean, damn near social security information. It's like address, email, credit card. And this is just like a Chapel Hill fan trying to go to the game? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so we finally, I mean, it takes a little while, finally get it paid, right? Start chatting chat him up. Uh, he was family friends with the Mays, Drake May, Luke oh. May. I believe the connection was a uh, granddaughter roomed with a granddaughter, something like that. So oh. they were actually there to meet up with the May family and then go to the game. That's so that cool. cool. Um, and then the funny thing was he was just talking, and I knew this was happening. I, I knew it was going to happen. As he was talking, he put my phone in his pocket. And I was like, okay, how do I ask this uh, guy for my phone back? So then he's like, all right, you guys have a good one. I'm like, I need my phone back. I, I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> so I would have I would have tried to been like, are you doing a magic trick? Are you gonna like no, pull it out from behind my? That would have been good. Yeah. That would, hey, what are you doing here, big guy? Um, and they gave us fifteen bucks. Oh, just for the assistance. The funniest part was he was like, uh, it's like, what's your license plate? He goes, ah, I don't remember. It's, it's blank, 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 something. I'm like, I'll go check. So I walk over to his car, and there's a woman in the passenger seat. So I just I wave, <laughs> and then I go around to the back of her car. <laughs> we'll get the license plate. I feel like she was like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> what? Who are these people what are they doing?" Me? <laughs> so gives us fifteen bucks as a as a. a and charity, the whole time, drunk Yosef didn't have a shirt on because he thought drunk Yosef didn't own a shirt. Yeah, he was like, "Go buy this man a shirt." Wow. So, anyways, we go to the game. The stadium was kind of cool. Like, I kind of appreciate that it's older. Like, it's pretty outdoorsy. Like, yeah. There's not really. I'm thinking of like a Williams Bryce. Yes, there is there's an, a, there's a there big is a indoor concourse. Exterior to the stadium. Yeah. You see the end. This, it's kind of just a chain link fence yep. and the stadium. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. I think the state, I like their colors. So the stadium is, is really nice. It's um, a pretty stadium. 
and where we sat was was a good spot too. We got good view. There, I mean, compared to App, you know, we have like the YMCA game day experience. Chapel Hill's game day experience was sick. Like, I remember it, when we went for basketball, the it, it's the easiest food delivery. Oh, I've ever done. Yeah. The so their intro, the team runs out. They have this blue smoke that goes up. They do pyro, but it's not just like a. It's like a war zone. It's like a. Bam! 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 bam, bam, bam. Like they empty the clip. Yeah. On the pyro, like all three hundred people on the roster get an individual detonation. <laughs> it was insane. And then we run out. You know, hoot and holler, and game yeah. starts. Right. First quarter goes by. And no one scored, as far as I remember, no one scored in the first quarter, but we looked really good. We stopped them on fourth. We ended the first quarter, I'm pretty sure, on a long drive. Yep. We were controlling possession. Yep. Looked really good. I think we scored. So, you know, we're the app fans in the Chapel Hill section. We're going crazy. We're doing the fight song, whatever. Every first down, we're going, the Mountaineer first down. And then Chapel Hill scores. They come back swinging. And I start hearing this man. Oh, God. You want to sit in our section? You want to sit in our section? Well, I'm going to give it to you. You want to sit in our section? And I'm like, oh, my God. He sounds like a Chapel Hill alum. Dude, I turn around, and it's this guy, 50, late 40s, 50s, right? Yeah. His head kind of squash-shaped. <laughs> His adult son. <laughs> Not a gourd. A gourd. A gourd, gourd is better. Gourd is more accurate. He looking like a VeggieTales character. <laughs> Adult son sitting next to him. Adult son is chilling, right? He yeah. is not on the same wavelength as uh, dad right now. So I look at dad and I go, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I turn around I'm like, damn, like this guy sounds like Boomhauser from uh, King of the Hill. And the drunk Yosef goes, about so he's yelling at us for a little bit longer. And the drunk Yosef has an epiphany. He goes, no, 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 it's not Boomhauser. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you know the annoying kid from Polar Express? Those are two very different characters. And I was like, oh my God. It's like the Southern annoying, annoying kid. kid. For, yeah. You want to sit in our section? You want to sit in our section? We're going to get... That's exactly so how So not Boomhauer, but the other guy on King of the Hill? Is that... Is there a character like that on King of the Hill? The guy that wears the orange hat and like does like karate and shit oh. is always smoking? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. No, no, no. Pocket sand. Polar Pocket Express. Sand. Polar Express is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But... Polar Express kid is not on King of the Hill. Pocket sand. Uh, so game goes on, whatever, as the game keeps going, you know, more and more rowdy, right? Everyone's standing up, hooting and hollering. One thing I want to say about the whole, this comes up, I, I feel like the last, that weird incident at the basketball game, there is a, a question about where my ticket was. This guy's saying, you're in our section. What am I, take it up with the ticket office. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Like I legally obtained this ticket. Right. What am I supposed to, what would you like me to I do? think that's like kind of a, a common uh, shit talk to opposing fans. And it's like, it's just super low-hanging. It's dumb. Like, it, what? It's just lame. What do you mean it's I'm not in your a, section? It's not an accurate, you don't own the section. Your name's not on the section. Am I not supposed to I'm be I'm sitting here? in section 204. This doesn't say section right. Southern Polar Express guy on it. <laughs> right, right. Like, okay, would you like to buy me uh, a different ticket? I'd be glad to go oh, if no. you bought like, me a new ticket. Uh, overall, I'm I'm always of the opinion like away fans traveling should be allowed to hoot and holler and cheer. Right now, there fun. is a line where like if people are being disrespectful or yeah. cursing really loudly in front of kids or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, obviously. that's just fan etiquette, home or away. Yeah, but like 
people who are passionate is college sports. We would we would do it and would all do it at another school. Right. And I think something that uh, whenever this happens to me and us, which is often every time we go to a road game, I think people. I, I don't know what it is. I think because we are experienced haters, right? <laughs> well versed in the hate arts. I mean, we were one of. Three and a half people in the App State basketball student section. Yeah. We st- and we, we were spewing. We got out the mud. Yeah. You know, we went through boot camp. Yeah. So you can't phase us. No, there's no opposing hate group. Not hate group. There is. There not is like, nothing. Know, ADL hate group. Right. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I'm talking about yeah. away fan. <laughs> there is nothing an away fan could say to me. Or I'd be like, that would oh, rattle me. I don't have a response unless, unless they were like, I hate your mom. Or like, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Or like. <laughs> I'm, they start reading off all the digits to my social security number. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, I'll sit I'll, down. I'll get, I'll get pretty rattled at I'll that point. I'll sit down. But I think, th- like, uh, later in the game, when people are getting more loud and, and it's closer or whatever, you know, when we're on defense, I'm going, oh, right? And it's it's kind of a funny visual because it's three app fans in a whole section. Like, art, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it, you it's get, what you do. It, it, you're right? passionate. This, yeah. It, it's, your, it's your first instinct right. to do that. I noticed that the people kind of diagonal to me, and you know how sometimes you can almost like, you can you can hear where someone is, you can hear someone's directing something at you. Yeah, they start going, they start leaning in, they start going, oh, like making fun of me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just thinking, okay, do you got me? <laughs> yeah. What do you? Am I not supposed to do that? Uh, oh wow! And are you not doing that on defense? Yeah. <laughs> What am that, I supposed to do? That's what makes it funny. Like when we went to Chapel Hill for basketball and, and experienced very similar to what you're right. describing now. Are you going like, to yell in my ear all night? Yes, sir. Like <laughs> it's so weird. Like with them supposedly being this like storied program or whatever, and it's like their ass. And it's like we have to teach you how you should cheer during a game. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's very weird. It's very odd that they like embrace a culture of like not caring during the game yeah. or like you're supposed to be stoic or some weird shit it's like weird 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 hill to die on you know yeah like it, it, it's odd like so you're, the, you're you're paying a, a crap ton of money to watch a sporting yeah. event so the two college sporting events i've been to at chapel hill i've had weird ass fan experiences yeah that all had the same theme that i was too loud that i was being too rowdy of a fan <laughs> At an outdoor football game, and at the top row of the lower section of a basketball game, <laughs> with mid mid attendance, mid attendance. Yeah, like it was not a sold out crowd, right? By any standards of that basketball. The funniest game. thing was, of course, you know what they said when the game ended? Yes, uh, so, yes. They, they probably did their like the smug little clap. Exactly. Little, like they said, great game, great game. Polar Express. Shook my hand. Great game. Another classic. Great game. I was like, ugh. I was steaming. Ugh. <laughs> that makes you so mad. That's how you get me. That's how that, you get me mad. That is more frustrating than anything, oh any insult you could throw my way. The one funny thing, the single funny thing a Chapel Hill fan said during that game, because there was only one thing that was funny that any of them said. Yes. The guy behind us, the clock got to like, Two minutes. I think we had just scored. Chapel had the ball or something. He goes, you think there's enough time for three more touchdowns? And I said, I hope the fuck not. Because <laughs> that's about what happened last yeah, year. Yeah, that's the that that's two last minute year's mark. Yeah. We 
everyone just exploded. The, the, the defenses just went home for yeah. the day. Like, so that was the only funny thing that was said. Overall, the environment was cool. The in-game entertainment was cool. They get it. That Chapel department, Hill, they yes. understand how to present And it's game. modern. Like, we yes. walked in, Sexy Red was playing. I heard, yes. ski I said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm not booing anymore. <laughs> it is wild, the stuff you hear away from Kid Brewer Stadium. Yeah. Uh, they had, like, this cool spotlight that would kind of go around the field during the uh, commercial breaks that had the Chapel Hill logo. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, they cut the lights, and then they light the bell tower. That's cool. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And they did the mm-hmm. countdown. So overall, I, I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. Fans, weird as hell, whack as hell, bum as hell, bad as hell, lame as hell. What are hell? Dorky. Uh last comment I'll make on the experience. They do their fight song, you know, rah, rah, rah. And at the end, everyone else, go to hell, dude. And I look around, I said, Y'all say this every game? <laughs> every game? And someone, uh, Chapel, Chapel Hill fans, uh, says, I guess you don't understand the hate. And I said, I guess not. <laughs> like, y'all pulling up to the, the men's tennis games going, go to hell, Duke, <laughs> against Presbyterian. Like, is it that serious? Oh, and Chapel Hill's got 8 billion sports they offer. Like, there's got to be yeah. sports they have that Duke doesn't. Like, right. I don't know if Duke has women's fencing, but like, That's... you're telling me the fencing match is like, go to hell, Duke. And you know, that one of my least favorite arguments is rent-free, rent-free, that that is rent free. That's what actual rent free looks like. You put it in your fight song that generations yes. of children learn. Yes. Go to hell, Duke. Yes. that's rent free. When Duke is, it's not like they add it when they're playing Duke. No, I, I I'll get it if like you have a little riff when Duke's yes. there. But like the sheet music is written. Like you don't play them for like what ten more weeks? Like that was weird. That was kind of cringy. Yeah, <laughs> like, they said. Guess you don't understand. Guess no, not. no, I don't. I don't want to understand this. Um, let's talk about the game. Yes. What were your takes on the, the game? Your your positives, your your good takes out of so, it. So positives, I I really like the defense. The the defense kind of settled a lot of kind of the doubts I had from the Gardner Webb game. Really? Um Yes. You felt better about the defense? I, as, the I well, because we contained Drake May. Like yeah, there they did have a running back have over two hundred yards rushing. That's yeah. But we held Drake May to two hundred and eight yards passing. That's yeah. I didn't think about that. And, and I what about thought, rushing. He didn't. He didn't rush really much. Uh, rushing sixty eight. Yeah. So, so that's a pretty kind of low. Yeah. Game for it was. May. It was kind of a, a a smaller game for a guy that's predicted to be a first round NFL draft prospect. So because he had to have put up numbers last year, honest. He, he, oh my god! Had In a sixty three sixty one game, yeah, yeah. No, numbers <laughs> get thrown out. Um, so good point. I, I was impressed at the defense being able to get stops also when we needed stops uh, early in the game. So like, yeah, he had a lot of rushing yards, but especially in the first half, like we were stopping them. Yep. Like, I mean, that their opening drive, we stopped them uh, fourth and goal, or definitely red zone. Yeah, maybe fourth and, and first, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was huge to um, to stop them on that opening drive. So. You know, having a guy that averages nine yards a rush isn't good. There's there's no way around it. But playing that team, I mean, if you told me that we were going to kind of contain Drake May and give up the rush, I, I'd take that. Yeah. I'd take that. I think so. Um, Going forward, the rush defense scares me. Rush defense was questionable and last now, year. And now losing Harrington for the rest of the season, who yeah. has confirmed, uh, I believe it's an ACL. Uh, yep. 
that maybe, maybe Achilles, but for sure out for the season. Knee, ankle, will not play again this year. Head, shoulder, knees, toes. If he returns next year, it'll be his final year of eligibility. It's tough because that was the guy that was like the Meech, you know, like all of the the pass rushers before that felt like he was going to step up. Yeah. So I don't know where that the replacement for that comes from. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's going to step up. We got a lot of talented bodies back there. It's, it might take, you know, a guy that's a redshirt freshman, a guy that's a sophomore, you know, and, and new minutes and new snaps, you know, stepping up and making an impact. Um. But pass defense wise, I I feel pretty solid. That pass defense with, was good with the Overall. the talented. I mean, we've just played the most talented quarterback we will face this season, and probably in the last two years. I mean, Grayson McCall is up there. I w- Drake May is more talented. Than Grayson for McCall. sure, for sure. More. Ta- I mean, if you want to argue success, whatever. Yeah, sure. Maybe Grayson McCall has an argument, but just overall, like prospect, Drake May is the best we played. Yeah. And comparing last year's game and this year's game, we did a much better job at containing their passing attack for sure than we did the year before. So I, I feel good in that aspect. I, we just can't we can't get into Sunbelt play with some of the rush heavy offenses we've got in the right. Sunbelt right I'm now. I'm thinking Troy, I'm thinking Marshall. Yep. Those are the first ones that come to mind. Uh, I don't think we play Troy, but we would ideally host them in the championship game. Right? Yeah. Uh, but Marshall Southern Miss. Yep, USM with uh, Frank Gore Jr. Yeah, so there's definitely some running back heavy teams. Um, so that that worries me a little bit. Um, <clears throat> we'll see kind of as the weeks go on. Maybe this was just kind of one of those, like, I, I'd have to go look at the tape. You know, I'm not a X's and O's He guy. don't get the film room. M- maybe we were running a lot of dime packages to have extra DBs out there to, it did to feel take like, away the passing game. It did feel like a couple plays it felt like we kind of had a spy someone just yeah. kind of hanging around to yeah. contain may and that's kind of one of those sacrifices yeah you know you only have a so, and that's the thing going into a game like that that it kept us in the game yeah you know if we had done the opposite and said we're going to take away the run <laughs> okay the, right drake may is going to light us up yeah so you know I, I definitely between the two games I think we played better overall team football in this game 100%. compared to the game last year in Boone. Yeah, defense. If we're just talking defense, 2019 is was the best. Com- Complementary football. 2022. We talked about it last week that in order to to for App to have a chance and to win this game, that we were going to have to have long extended drives, keep the ball out of North Carolina's hands, chew a lot of clock then kind of give defense a little bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. I think we executed that Perfectly. very, very well. Perfectly. Very, very well. I, mean, I think, it, And it caught Chapel Hill off guard. Yeah. I think maybe they were expecting another shootout. Yeah. Talk about – I want to talk about our offense. Yeah. I was uh, ecstatic about our yes. offense after that game. No, Joey, um, I think, proved to a lot of people that going forward, at least for this season, he's a guy. He's the fucking man. Joey, Joey stood in there – against a team that you know is is the toughest on the schedule for the year a power five team full nfl draft pick guys and and delivered sold out stadium sold out stadium you know he throws 275 yards and two touchdowns you can't ask for much more out of out of your quarterback he and watching it in person man he we were talking about this looking like a player looking like an athlete yeah 
He looked yeah. confident every snap. No, it, it, he had he had very very good pocket presence, good awareness situationally. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like he was in control. Yeah, he didn't look like he was guessing or didn't know what was going on. It didn't seem like there were a lot of miscommunications, which can happen when you have a newer quarterback stepping right. in. Um, I, I was very 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 impressed. But jo- Joey's the guy going forward for sure, and it kind of makes you think like if he was supposed to be the backup, yeah, is Ryan Berger that good? Yeah, I, he's I mean, that much better. And and we've only seen from Ryan. <clears throat> We don't know the the full number of snaps that we saw He's from Ryan. Emotional. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm, break, I'm I'm uh, I'm tearing up right now. We don't know the full number of snaps Ryan played before he got hurt or whatever, yeah. you know. But it does kind of beg you the question: How do we arrive at this conclusion? Right. If Joey looked as good when as he Joey, did, and I think the big thing I test for for yep. me, Ryan didn't look ready during some of his snaps during the. Gardner Webb game. Mm. Joey has not looked like that at all. No. From Gardner Webb getting thrown in partway through the game due to injury to you're playing a P5 in state opponent, sold out ACC stadium. It seemed like you didn't skip a beat. Yep. He looked, he looked ready to go. I think another huge takeaway is I think we need to talk about App State being wide receiver U. At least in the group of five. Say your comments and then I have mine. I think our wide receivers, we've had a tradition, uh, at least uh, as far as I can remember, especially in the FBS era. I mean, just top of mind, if you just think of App State wide receivers, Thomas Hennigan, um, Ike Lewis, Corey Sutton, uh, yep. Virgil. Oh, yeah. Now we have Deshaun Davis, Don Strowman. Malik Williams. Uh, Christian Horn. Yep. It's just all these names of people that you can think of a big play all of them made yep right wide yeah. receivers are like a have become a tradition to app state football yep. similar to how running backs are a tradition to app state football wide receivers starting to get there i was yep. so impressed with our receivers this game watching that in person that catch that dalton stroman had two people on him right yep. on the sideline joey just had to kind of put it up where only he could get it man he I, I cannot believe he caught that ball. He caught that like right in front of our section. Two. Now that was awesome. This is something looking at the stat sheet that surprised me, and I'm 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 gonna ask you this. So Deshaun Davis led the team in receiving, mm-hmm. obviously 117 yards. Would you be surprised if I told you that no other receiver had over 35 yards? Um, no, no other receiver. Stroman had 34. Caden Robinson had 33. Milan Tucker 26. The reason I'm not surprised is because I know Joey's completion rate was about 50%. He passed a lot. I think it was about 44 attempts. Uh, 22 for 43 right. attempts. And I think, and one pick. from my perspective, the reason for that was <clears throat> a lot of the pass plays had to be quick. They He was looking for short connections. I think one thing Joey really needs to work on is the tight end connection. There were a couple of short passes. I mean, we kind of talked about yeah. this with Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce could hit an 80 yard bomb, but he couldn't hit a three yard dart. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's Joey kind of had similar incidents. There was a, a, one in the first half I remember. There's a tight end wide open a couple yards out for a first down, and Joey threw it over him to a receiver, and it was incomplete. Yeah. Things like that. And I remember Clark saying that he felt like Berger was better at making decisions mm-hmm. on those type of situations. And that could be an example of what Clark was talking about. Yeah. Just not seeing the open man. And going for the deep ball more. 
I'm I was surprised to see that the receiving yards for outside of Davis were so low because it felt like all those other receivers had big moments and mm-hmm. big catches and important moments. But I'd like to see somebody else step up and for sure. be like a seventy five yard type yeah. threat. That's a great point. Dalton Strowman, it sounds like you went what, thirty yards? Uh Two receptions on five targets for 34 yards. Right. 34 yards. Those those 34 yards include the catch of the game. It's 18-yard right? long pass, yeah. Right. So these receivers, you're right. Deshaun Davis is, at least as far as Joey is concerned, seems to be wide that, receiver that, one. They've got a That's connection. That's the connection. They've right? got chemistry, and it might come from the practice reps that they've had. You know, Maybe right. some of the other guys have more reps with Berger and just Deshaun and Joey kind of get. Yeah. But I think that also reflects the run-heavy offense we ran. Yes. Right? Um, we, I mean, finally, we had Noel back at 100 yards. It seems like, yep. it felt like it's been a while. Noel looked great. Um, I think he had 120, 130 yards. Yep. So we actually, we attempted 44 passes and had 44 running plays. 50-50, baby. 50-50 split. So uh, 26 of those went to Noel. Haywood got 10, and then six were Joey's scrambling. Yep. Deshaun Davis had one scramble. Milan Tucker had a, had a touch. Yeah. So I um, I feel like on paper, you look at the stat line, Joey with like 50% completion, it looks all right. But I think when you contextualize it, yeah, it's it's a pretty good performance. No, it's a great performance on your first game right. actually starting. And, and you're that on includes the road. double overtime too. Yes. You know, So the stats, yeah. you're going to have higher attempts um, than usual. I really like Noel with... Uh, a real heavy amount of touches, yeah. averaging 4.9 a carry. Yeah, and that is a good sign for Coach Clark, yes. one of our biggest gripes, one of the biggest gripes of app fans in general, kind oh, of unanimously, yeah. is that since Clark took over, he seems to rotate running backs off uh, more of like a peewee football, everyone gets to play type yeah, mentality, it, then who is the best at this and moment? I, and I agree I agree with that. It, it hasn't felt like a, a running back by committee where, like, depending on the situation, like, yeah. in years past, Nate Noel's kind of like that third down scat back guy, can catch a pass out of the backfield. But it seems like in the past it was Nate would get a drive, then Cam Peoples would get two touches, and then White Castle would get a drive. Right. And it, it didn't feel like it it didn't correlated have any, uh, to anything. It didn't have any like uh, synchronicity. No, it was you just... know where it, I mean a lot of fans, us us included, we talked about it last year. Felt like Cam Peoples should have gotten the ball on first and second down, and then you put Nate Noel in on third down. Yeah. So but, I, I loved, and I noticed that pretty early on that Nate was the guy, and Nate was in. Nate was yep. running back for the game. And I think that helps. That helps build confidence. Yep. Just knowing that you're not looking over your shoulder. Coach isn't going to pull you. You yep. know, you are being trusted to be that dude. Right. So that that was cool to see. And that's um, definitely one of the goals. Uh, if I had like a New Year's resolution for app football, thousand yard rusher is like maybe number one. I know that that's like, doesn't really matter to anyone except app fans. You know, probably you want more of like the bowl game, championship, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Having a thousand yard rusher and getting back to that, I think it was like a 14 year tradition. Something yeah. Like that, that's that's just huge for the fans, for the team, for mm-hmm. Coach Clark, just like to kind of prove himself, you know? Well, and it just shows that you're kind of dominating. Yeah. You got a guy that can go out week in and week out and dominate. Yeah. So. We got we to gotta get back to people fearing our running backs. Yes. because that, And that's going to open up more wide receivers. Yeah. 
once teams have to commit to play down in the box to take away the run, you're going to get one-on-ones in a lot of different places. Yeah. So I also want to give a shout out to Michael Hughes, our kicker. Yeah. Uh, very similar to Texas A&M. Uh, you owe like you got to give credit where credit is due. He won the A&M game. He made up for the miss and mm-hmm. on the first drive. He had two or three field goals, made he all the extra points. Goals. So right? and so he misses a forty-seven yarder. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. In the yards. first quarter, and then he comes back in the second quarter and hits a forty-six. Exactly. So from about the exact same dif- distance, you know, he yeah. he worked it out in his head, and you know, we were good from there. Yeah. And I I, I tweeted about or I xed about this. Uh, don't say that. We have to remember that we don't have Chandler Staten anymore. Yeah. Chandler Staten was like the most I've ever trusted any kicker ever. Yeah. Right. But even he missed. But, and it was and just, I saw people. I saw someone say this in response to you on Twitter, saying that that people aren't remembering the Michael Rubino era. Yes. If you like, think we have had eras with actually unreliable like kickers, actual trauma, like actual <laughs> people that come crunch time, just could you, you, like you vomited when they went out there. Exactly. Like watching Rubino trot out for that last kick against Wake Forest and everybody oh in God. the, everybody in the stadium. Oh, felt dude. like he was going to miss that kick. And, if, <laughs> and damn it if he did it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like dramatic irony where like the audience knows what's going to happen before the kicker knows what's going to happen. Yeah, the kicker's still like, oh, what's going to happen? Anything can happen. Like, win the like, game, you're going to miss, hero. asshole. <laughs> Michael and, Hughes. And he, and he did go to Carolina too. So right. I, you know, and another great one. response to, to that tweet. Someone said, yeah, kicking's hard. Ask Chapel Hill's kicker. Mm. The dude whiffed the same kick twice yeah. in the same identical fashion. It had to have been, what, 30 yards out? 35? It was 39. way close. 39. 39. And they centered it for him, too. Like Yeah, they he, had the spot. They right. got him where he needed to be. Dude whiffed it twice yeah. the same way. So that's that is like a permanent demoral. Like if you miss yeah. one kick in a moment like that, right? It's like you can get over it, but you that crowd watches you miss the same oh God. kick twice. You did not fix whatever your problem no. was on the worst kick. You like tripled down. Right. You on didn't problems. even send it the other way. <laughs> yes. You sent it. You you quadrupled down. You said I'm sending it here. I'm sending it to the security guard at the left tunnel. Uh. So Michael Hughes uh, is the guy, right? Yeah. And I get it. It's super easy. It's like a sport to, to uh, blame the kicker, right? Kicking is hard. It's very tough. Okay. If anything, you have to put that more on the play calling and the decision to go for a field goal mm-hmm. at the 47-yard uh, on the first drive than the kicker missing it. Yeah. You know? and once you get into that range in college, and I think we also get spoiled, like if you watch NFL football and you're watching NFL kickers go out there oh, yeah. and bang it in at, you know, so 60 no yards. Deal. Yeah. For a college guy, like that's tough. Like yeah. that's not, not everybody can be expected to be Justin Tucker. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's just not how it works. Or Chandler Staten. Or Chandler Staten. Who I believe is still working out. Especially I, I with, gets a job. I, I think the biggest difference between the college and the pros and the special teams mm-hmm. is in the pros more likely than not your longest served members of your team will be special teamers. So yeah. you've got a long snapper, a holder and a kicker that have had countless reps 
to right. get familiar with each other. They've raised the, each other's children. The, the timing of the snap, the hold, like you're not guessing on They've anything. Got telepathy. You could kick blindfolded because you've done that process so many times. College is not the same. Like yeah. you're, you've got maximum four years together to build chemistry. And that's saying that you've got the same holder, kicker, and snapper through four years and you never right. going to. So it, it's tough. It is very, very hard. And I, I commend Michael Hughes for going right. back out there. He came and, back. And, and I remember when he went out for the second field goal, Junk Yosef was like, no, no, don't do it. I was like, you have, if he just yeah. missed it early, you have to get him out there again to make one yep. to regain his confidence. And, and making that decision to send him back out there also is a confidence booster it, in itself. It's a signal to him. Like, yep. I trust you to make that kick. Right. You know, because in every situation, I always, I always think, we're going to need that kicker to win the game. Yes. And we went we went to overtime, right? Mm-hmm. If we hadn't had his two kicks that he did make... We never would have made it. Right. So uh, it's easy to blame the kicker. Uh, a 47-yard kick between two uprights should be simple, right? No, it's fucking hard no, as fuck. No, it's really, really hard. And yeah. I, I, if you've never like gone out to a football field to like see how far of a kick you can, you and can how go, narrow the uprights are from a distance, I challenge any listener to go try to kick like a, a make a field goal from the twenty yard line. Yeah, it, it's not easy. Yeah, and then imagine trying to do it with an offensive line and a defensive line in front of you and a snap and a hold from somebody else. Right. Like it's not. Right. It's not simple. As automatic as kickers have gotten in the modern era, like kicking is now a science, whatever, it's still ridiculously technical. Like a millimeter within yeah. angle off of the foot changes so much. So so this is a uh, Protect Michael Hughes podcast. We, we are pro-Michael Hughes. We will not tolerate hatred here. No. Um, but Michael Rabino. We will tolerate Enough hatred. time we has passed. endorse hatred. Enough time has passed on that one. Can we get him on the show? Do you think he would get on an App State podcast? He might get on ours. What makes you think that? <laughs> Why do you feel so confident about that? I feel like after what we just said. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I remember. Uh, I I, I won't name names. A very credible source who works in journalism professionally now. I remember in college him telling me that. Um, he this was like 2016 17 he wanted to interview rubino for i think like the student paper the team would not let people talk to rubino like they did not they avoided wow. talking about rubino and they, they just, did not they, let people they talk like block media yeah requests yeah that's weird yeah weird i hate that for our favorite firefighter mm. god bless him <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want to get into a little, a little negativity. Oh God! Wee woo, wee woo, negativity. Wee woo, wee woo. No positive vibes. Wee woo, wee woo. You, uh, you may not like this. Wee woo, wee woo. What a good warning. The timeout. I figured we were gonna go to this now. Fourth quarter. Hold, hold on, hold on. Oh, Bud Light number two. Back to a Bud Light for the Bud negativity. Bud Light beer. Got to have it. blue can to get into my blues. <laughs> we should have reverbed that. Damn it. Damn it. Unopen it. Can you? No, don't open another beer for that. Yeah, so. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not going to do okay. that. Okay, let's set the stage here. 
I think we've just we've just tied it up. Either touchdown, field goal, tied up. We kick it off. Chapel has the ball at the 25, right? They have a minute 40 on the clock, I believe. Yep. They have one timeout. If I remember correctly, we have all three, right? Chapel Hill has one timeout. We have all three. First snap, we sack Drake May, pushing back seven, eight yards, right? That may have been the play that Harrington got hurt, now that I think about it. But we push him back eight yards, and a timeout is called. Who's the timeout called by? Appalachian State University. Did you see, were you still watching the game? Did you have so, an opinion on this? So I was still watching the game. Okay. <clears throat> the official North Carolina drive starts at 1 minute 22 seconds. Okay. No huddle shotgun. Drake may sack for loss of six yards to the UNC 19. Who sacked him? Uh, M. Fletcher. Shout out Fletcher. Number five. Timeout by ASU at 1.15 on the clock. Mm-hmm. Now this drive ends with inevitably the missed field goals right so my thought on it is and i have not seen anybody else bring this up at that point once you sack a guy you're back to your own 19 your offense is kind of rattled and at that point as a team you need to you're gonna have to decide mac brown or whoever decide whether or not you're going to continue this drive You've got the clock ticking. You only have one timeout left, and after that, you can't stop the ball at all. Your stamp cannot stop the clock again at True. all. True. So you're saying your decision making then becomes a little bit more erratic. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. I my thought is less so than time. It gave North Carolina's offense the ability to kind of compose themselves after a. Big momentum swing. I agree a hundred percent. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if as far as like trying to save time, like I get the idea by that, but Right. Now let me tell you the experience in the stadium. Okay. So you get the ball. Everyone's standing at this point, everyone's scressed. Sack happens, Chapel Hill fans are moaning and groaning. The three app fans <laughs> in in the section are going crazy. Timeout is called. I'm thinking, perfect. Chapel Hill just took their last timeout. They're probably playing, just going to kneel it out, or they're just going to waste time. Great. We have their back against the wall. Yeah. And then they say App State calls it. And my heart sank, dude. Me, Drunk Yosef, Drunk Yosef number two, we were befuddled. We were pretty shocked that it was App State that called that timeout. Um, my perspective... In the stadium, like in while watching it happen, the day or two for the whole weekend. Yeah, my thought was, you know, your defense has been. Now, in hindsight, what you brought up, the defense was better than what I remember, but better. But by this point in the game, they had gotten worn down. For like, sure, they were tired. I was surprised. We lost at, Harrington. We lost Harrington, and I was surprised at the sack to begin with. Yeah. At this point, I personally am playing for overtime because your defense getting ran all over, right? Chapel Hill is deep in their own territory. There's a minute 20 left. You have your timeouts, whatever. Let's just go to overtime, right? My priority, if I'm the coach in that scenario, get the clock to zero Mm -hmm. 
So then now you're only facing an offense from 25 yards out and the playbook is cut in half. You There's no possibility of a deep ball. Like there's only so many plays that can be ran because there's only 25 yards. Yep. Clearly what Clark was going for was trying to get the ball back to... To try to get to it get a field in goal. the game. Right. But I think with with one minute and 22 seconds left... I don't feel like that was very realistic. I think, yes. I think the likelihood of us getting three stops in that in their territory, without them getting first down, yes. right? Three stops, then we get the ball, and then we move to field goal position without timeouts. I think that likelihood was not realistic. I And this goes back to my point. I agree with you completely. Thank you. I think it was more <laughs> likely in that scenario if you force Carolina to burn their only timeout left mm-hmm. and then rush down the field for every other play, whatever, you're more likely to get catch them making a mistake and forcing a turnover if they're crunched, if they're stressed, if they're in long yardage situations than you are at a minute and 15 seconds ever getting the ball yeah. back. And that's a great point. We had no takeaways. Because at that point, at 115 and we called timeout, North Carolina could have ran the ball for two more plays, run the clock out and punted. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I mean. <sighs> now, I've heard since then on Twitter, I've seen some. It, it is interesting hearing different people's perspective because yeah. I have seen good arguments for the timeout. The idea of trying to play for the win. Yeah. We had all three. If our defense just fucking went went crazy and got the three stops, we probably could have gotten a field goal and, and won the game. Right. But. I just feel like if you if you had like a probability tracker, right, and you had every scenario played out, that was probably the lowest odds. And I mean, I think it was like a high risk, high reward, I guess. Yeah. But it and it eventually led to a scenario where our defense stayed on the field for a lot longer because they drove the length of the field after the sack. They ran one, two, yes. three, four, five, six, seven, eight nine plays before the timeouts and the field goal. Right. And remember, there was that five-minute delay because we had 13 people on the field. They had to redo the play. Like, yeah, defense was out there for a minute. So, like, that's time going... If if you think you're going to go into overtime, like, that's valuable time to get your defense rested in overtime because if you want to have a chance of being able to stop them in OT with a shorter field, like, you got to get these guys off. Yeah. So I, I get like gambling to the, you're going to get them into a three and out, but they got the first down on the next play. The, ne- the, the next very play. next play. Yeah. And I think that just like further made the timeout seem so much worse to the rest of us is like literally the one thing that we were trying like to avoid to happen. Yeah. And I remember the rest of the drive of the timeout, I was shaking my head the whole I, time. I was too. I was like a bobblehead. I was like, this is, ha- that I cannot believe this. This it's ha- is, it's, it's I was ha- like, it's literally, Ch- Clark has done this. I just think about that, uh, the Louisiana but game. Any, just insert name here, Louisiana. 2020 game. Louisiana, when we gave the ball back to them at the end of the first half and they kicked that field goal. Just don't, don't get me started about the 2020 Louisiana game because we yeah. had, yeah, we had, was... we had a long snapper had the worst performance in human history and by a special teams player. Dude had like four or five turnovers. Three. 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 Three Because they, were, co- they the recovered a couple. Yeah, they recovered a couple. Of them. Right. Um, and we even had that botched where uh, they like botched the punt, but it was called like targeting or something. It was so some weird. It. it was a really weird, weird play. And we lost. We lost, we that, lost game. that game. We lost that game. <laughs> I, I've never seen that happen. No. Um, 
and that game would get talked about so much more had we won that yeah. game. But uh, I digress. Yeah, it's been a reoccurring, and I think that's maybe why this one get got maybe blown out of proportion to a little bit. By who? Not me. <laughs> we won't pull the tweets up. Um, Shout out Gonzo for tweeting that you're incorrect. I don't, yeah. know what, I don't know what he said. He was just like, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it kind of felt like, oh my God, we have done this so many times. The almost apps. I'm watching the almost apps live on Broadway right here yeah, in front of my eyes. You know, and that's kind of one of those, like, I, I wonder what would have happened had we not called the timeout had would unc have burned that last time out then yeah would they have done it i'm not sure and at that point do they just kneel it out exactly and then do you go into ot at that point and it, it i'm big on momentum momentum like yeah. college football more than the pro game or more than almost any other sport i think is momentum based college basketball i think is probably the king of momentum is everything For sure. um but in a momentum based sport Getting a sack in their own territory late in a tie game was the pinnacle momentum we had through the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Calling our own timeout there, it kind of felt like it killed our own momentum. If they had burned the timeout, that would have been hype for us. Because we forced you. Our fans were probably the loudest we have been all game at that moment. Yeah. So if they call a timeout in that instance, oh my God, we've got them rattled. They're backed up in their own territory. They have no timeouts left now. Yeah. Let's go. That completely gets reversed when we called the timeout. Yeah. I feel like there's more likelihood Slowed ourselves that, down. that we end up getting another sack or yeah. push or another tackle for loss or a turnover. Exactly. Like because it, they're had households. we not called timeout there, like, do they try to hurry up to the ball? Do they, you know, do they feel the need to go no huddle or super up tempo by that point? Right. We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. We are football coaches. We're not paid to do that. Yeah. Um, by the way, Chapel Hill running hurry up all game. I don't know if they always do that, but that was kind of interesting. And I thought we responded pretty well. And I, I think that's a benefit to them having a quarterback as talented as they do. They, they can do some nut shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, not only is Drake May a very, very good quarterback physically, he's also... Yeah. He just understands football very, very well and can like call me. call his own plays, you know, audible, those types of things that a lot of college quarterbacks don't often do. Yeah. Now, to close this conversation, I think after seeing multiple opinions, multiple days, I think I still would not have called a timeout. I think I still oppose the decision. However, I still give Clark credit yes. that in a situation where it's kind of 50-50, you can do one or the other. I it's respect a, it's that a bit of a no man's land. Right. It's a bit of a no man's land time-wise. Because had he not called the timeout, then we're having a conversation about why didn't he call a timeout, right? You know, and it, if, say, you got two minutes on the clock, it, I, I think that's all really. 40 more seconds, whatever, it's a no-brainer. You call the timeout yeah. at that point. But with one fifteen left, it just never felt like... There was going to be enough. Our defense was not getting a three. Like, and that's maybe what I think is that Clark maybe thought that, oh, by this point, North Carolina is going to give up on the drive. They're going to run the ball for two more plays, force us to use all of our timeouts, and then we'll get the ball back. No timeouts with about a minute. Yeah. Instead, they threw an 18 yard pass in the next play. Right. So I give Clark credit. In a no man's land 50-50 scenario, I agree you should go for the win. 
Like you should yep. just kind of default to that. Um, but yeah, I think you know, was this his fourth season? Fifth, fourth, fourth, right? Three to the four. Still, so wow, that's like every episode of we've this had, season. We've we had have. a three to the fourth. Right? We're doing it Damn. all year, baby. Uh, definitely, still some improvement I'd like to see from Clark in terms of just his his mindset, his strategy, his management of yeah. the overall game. Yeah. But I'm still gonna give give him props. It was a ballsy call. Yeah. And if it's 50-50, you should go for the win. And that's what I appreciate too. Even though I agree with you, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have done it myself. But again, we're not football we're coaches. Not coaches. We don't, we're not coaches. Right. We don't get paid to do this. I appreciate because the first time in the Clark timeout saga <laughs> where I felt like he's been aggressive with a timeout. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've said in the past is he gets conservative with timeouts. He won't use them yep. going into halftime. He won't get aggressive with the timeouts. Won't try to use them. He got aggressive with, to, to his credit, he got aggressive with the timeouts late. Yep. He was trying to get the ball back and give us a chance to score points. Can't hate. Yep. And uh, not, not too much to say about overtime. We lost. I mean, you could yeah. say maybe, I think it was like a second and nine on that second drive that we passed. Uh, there's there were a couple questionable calls, but it is what it is. It is I mean, what it, it is, and uh, you know what? And that's what they say about you know playing road games like that. You play for the win, you don't play for overtime. And again, back to his credit, Clark Clark true. did he played for the win. True. His goal was to never make it to overtime with them. I mean, think so. about Penn State. Satterfield went for the two pointer in yep. that very first overtime. Go for the win. Yep. So you end it there. You're you're if you're in a hostile environment like that, and you get to that point, you're lucky to be there. Yeah. So you gotta capitalize. You it can't is, extend. Uh, it is bittersweet that uh, they didn't get the two point conversion, so the door was open for us to win it. Yeah. But whatever. If we just think about our last episode, we were just looking for a competitive game, and, and we got a double OT. We got right. We got better than I, I for sure. Realistically, thought we would ever right. have. So, and you know, I'm not. You know, quality losses like your effort was great. no. It, that was a good ass game. It gave me a lot more optimism for the Sun Belt play. Yeah, it gave me a lot more optimism. It wasn't like last year. Like I don't feel like after a 63-61 game, you could be like, oh, we're a good team. No, like that. Where there was clear like. We got problems here. There was some like, we got divine some intervention. Like, well, yeah. the queen died. That's true. I mean, it was the day after. She was dying. She she was in the process of her death. <laughs> and her essence was being released to the world. <laughs> <laughs> she was like 99.9%. Yeah. So after that game, it wasn't like, man, we're really good. We're going to run yeah. the sun belt. It yeah. was like, maybe our offense is good, but our <laughs> we defense gotta, sucks. Yeah, so we, we might drop 60 on this everybody. This game, but... like... That made me feel good. Yeah, I feel I, very good. I feel like we have already seen major improvement over yes, last year's team. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I guess we'll just do a very like a three sentence ECU preview because it's been a long episode. It's been, it's been a, a good. I, it's, I, been a bang, it's been a banger. It's been a banger. It's been an absolute hey. banger. Hey. Okay, we took a quick pause there after the high five. Yeah, it would have been a seamless transition had I not mentioned it, but we're back because uh, Enforcer had a pee, and uh, we're now joined by the Cone Enforcers live in studio. Uh, so we're just gonna just a couple more minutes here. We're, we're wrapping up, but yeah. um, we, we decided there, there were a couple more things. Yes. from the UNC game that we um, didn't mention. Right, we decided she'll go ahead and be our, our kind of like our live audience. So in like sitcoms where it's like a ooh ah uh, like, a, give us a uh, give us be like oh something uh, sad just happened. Aww. Now yeah. give us uh, like a celebrity just walked in. Mm. Oh, that was mm. good. That was good. Now give us a uh, no, kind of like a, a little giggle, like a ha ha. 
Now give us like, oh, that was a good punchline. Like, boom. Like, good laugh. Oh, oh, oh. oh. What? Okay. I would have prepared mine. <laughs> you had it until the laugh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The audience doesn't speak. Yeah, yeah. Hold they on. giggle. There's, there's not a conversation <laughs> going on. There's, there's a fourth wall. <laughs> okay, all I wanted to add was some Tez Walker jokes. Uh, <laughs> not, not directed at the man. <laughs> not directed at Tez Walker. Uh, God bless him. Just a, just at Chapel Hill and how they're handling this yeah. this bullshit. Uh, Tez Walker, uh, the Chapel Hill football team wore helmet stickers with his number on it, number nine. Like they wore a tribute sticker on their helmet. Mind you, mind you, in the pregame, they did a moment of silence for the professor who was shot and killed on campus. Did did that person have a sticker? No. Oh, is huh. Tez Walker dead? No, he just broke the rules. That's the that's the biggest thing for me is like. And Mac Brown has been on record saying this too, that the transfer rules in the NCAA are broken right now. It feels like free agency. Everybody can move wherever they want, do whatever they want. You can't complain about how the transfer rules are broken and everybody can do whatever they want. And then also be like, yeah, but this guy should be able to do whatever he wants. Right. Um, It's a sorry situation. I I feel bad for him. It's a sorry situation. And I actually, I, I appreciate, I saw something on Twitter and I retweeted it too. So check my Twitter for this retweet. Check his ex. Don't. Um, (laughs) but the, the good point is that no one trusts the NCAA to handle student athletes, mental health. Well, for sure. Yeah. You like, there's nothing about the NCAA that tells you that they're going to be able to handle case by case, the student athletes, mental health, well-being in a decision. So they just shouldn't. And that's what the NCAA said on the decision is if people are requesting waivers for legitimate mental health problems, if these players are having mental health problems, it is in the student athlete's best interest to focus on their mental health and not play. Yeah. And I agree with that 100%. Uh, You know, the argument is, is that football helps his mental health so much without football. He's got nothing, whatever. He's still around the team. He's in the locker room. Right. And the He's NCAA, really time out. the whole point of the NCAA and, and the mission that, you know, we, we say that we're all bought in on is preparing student athletes for life after sport because 99% of them will not play professional sports. Tez Walker is going to get to a point where he's not going to be on a football team. Whoa. And it's going to be, he's only got a year of eligibility left Whoa. after this year. It, it's gone. It, you know, he might be an NFL guy. He might play a couple years there, but you're going to have to eventually learn how to live without playing football. So, you know, I hope that if he's having, you know, mental health problems, going through it, wish him the best, wish him the best, get the help you need, come back next year. I hope you ball out next year, whatever. But I I actually weirdly for the first time in a long time, agree with, with the NCAA. And, And also just something else to add to the ridiculousness of the helmet stickers. This was the same day that Virginia football, is wearing three helmet stickers for their three, three players, athletes yep. who were shot and killed yeah. last year. No, These two are not the same, right? No. This is like if a teammate got a sex tape leaked and you wore a helmet sticker to show you're like still standing and by And that's him. what was so weird is that they were wearing helmet stickers. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh. They were wearing helmet <laughs> stickers and he was on the sideline. Like right, he's hyping. there. Yeah. He's there. Like, he's it's not, not like dead. he's suspended. Yeah. 
It's not like he can't be in the locker room. That's one thing. Uh, me and Drunk Yosef sit for a year. We kept yelling, "Pass it to Taz! <laughs> Pass the <to> Taz!" <laughs> Which is how crazy we've gotten this far. It used to be that if you transferred at all, you had to sit a year. Yeah. And now we're like, "Oh my be god, grateful. he's transferred twice and he's not eligible immediately." Like I had to walk up the hill both ways. Yeah, it, it's a weird double standard. I don't like. Now it. I believe you had a closing rant. I do have a closing rant, and uh, Can, is the audience ready for the? Ready. I will turn the mic towards the audience, so you don't scream because you don't want to. Please don't. You know, headphone warning, please but don't. you know, do your thing. Um, I, I have I have a little bit, and I told I told Comeboy he didn't really he kind of silenced me after I told him I was going to talk about this. What? He did. You Ooh. said you said save it for the show. You said save it for the show. Oh, I did. I you did say that. Um, Sorry. so. There's been a lot of talks about, and I, you know, even I tweeted out like how cool would it be for all the North Carolina teams to to play each other every year, whatever. But you can't blame North Carolina, the University of North Carolina, as an institution for not wanting to schedule App State. Mm. You you can't. It's not a they're weak and they're trying to dodge us deal. It's just the landscape of college football. They have to because that's how college football is. Yes, they have they have nothing to gain by playing us. Like the way Except we an L. the way ooh. we ooh. <laughs> like their their fans are a hundred percent correct in saying that you know if App wins the game, it's unbelievable for the program. It brings so much attention, whatever. But if they win the game, it's a game they were always expected to win. The only the only positive or negative they have is if they lose the game, they're going to get clowned for it. And if Tez Walker played. And if Tez Walker plays, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it's unfortunate. It's not UNC's fault. It's how college football is. Right. The enemy is not individual schools. It's the conference system. They play in the ACC. They're always going to have more clout. They're always going to have, you know, th- those things because that's just how college football has deemed it is. They have, they have decided that, there is a group of conferences and programs that are going to be deemed as being better, and there's going to be a lower tier. And the upper tier really doesn't have an incentive to schedule the lower tier right now. So all of the Woo! the energy needs to be redirected towards you know ESPN. The NCAA has no no control over football whatsoever. But it, it's I understand and I I agree like. I think everything should be regional. This this game, yeah, yeah. This game has been the best game we've had in the last couple of years. Just playing someone regionally, have that hype. ECU next week is gonna be the same thing. For them, it's been a very exciting game for them. But they're fortunate enough to play in a conference where they also get NC State, Duke, Wake Forest. You know, they've got teams that are also regional that are their biggest games every year. How crazy of a concept is it? It's almost like playing the teams where, like, you know, everybody that you went to high school with ended up going. You know, you all have connection to those spots. That means so much more than App State playing Southern Miss or North North Carolina playing North Carolina playing the University of Miami or Boston College. Like, it, it means more for it to be regional, but the way college football is right now, you're not gonna get that anywhere. And it's not it's not UNC being weak or dodging the fight or whatever crazy thing you want to yell at their fans. Like I, I get it. If I was if I was UNC's athletic director right now, I wouldn't schedule App State. Why would I do that? Yeah. 
I wouldn't schedule any in-state opponent. Yeah! Like, it's a it's a miracle, <laughs> like, and we're very fortunate to have had these three games with them because in UNC's hindsight, they're not scheduling those again. Knowing what they if they signed up, knowing that every game was going to be a one score game and you were gonna lose one of them at home, they're not agreeing to that deal. Yeah. They're just not gonna do that. Pansies. Like they came to Boone. They played a game in Boone. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah, cool. It should be a yearly thing, but until college football fixes itself, it won't. Yeah. yeah. Hey, good. Yeah. Is that a good rant? People are going to receive that That was that good. One? That was good. And I'm going to say one sentence. This will be our ECU preview, and then yeah. we'll wrap it up. Uh, live breaking news. Breaking from news? From App State Mania on Yosef's Cabin. Ooh. On Yosef's Cabin? It's a screenshot. I'm not. This is the first time we've ever used Yosef's Cabin on right. the podcast. I think you're right. Uh, so if we're talking a preview of what the ECU game is going to be like, uh, App State Mania says, got word today that ECU was unable to sell their full allotment of tickets. Sent them back, and we've already sold them. So, yeah, I've seen people hype up ECU this week saying this isn't going to be an easy game for us. This should be an easy game for us. The way we played at Chapel Hill and the way this ECU team looks, they're not good. Yeah, They started the season with their yeah. coach saying that they're going to play three quarterbacks. That's not because all three of them are really, really good. Oh, there's no school in the country that plays three quarterbacks because they're all just so good you can't pick one. I didn't know that. I mean... <laughs> uh, finals... <laughs> Final score prediction, 53-21. to uh, 21. Uh, Joey throws 400 yards. Nate Noel has uh, 180. White Castle comes back, runs for 70. And uh, Michael Hughes hits a 60-yarder. Uh, I'm going to go 42-10. I think the defense bullies their quarterback all game. I think their quarterback's just not going to feel comfortable throwing the ball. They're going to get very one-dimensional fast. Give me Nate Noel, 150 all-purpose. Why are you booing me for that? Why are you booing me bad for take, that? Bad take, bad take. That Nate Noel's going to have 150 all-purpose yards? He's going to have 200. Well, yeah! But White Castle's coming back, and you're saying White Castle's going to have 75. I can't, you know. Listen, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of possession, a lot of possession. I predicted a little bit lower score than you did. Boo! But I predicted that we were going to contain their offense more. Boo! You thinking they were going to give a bunch of points to nothing from the audience to a team that nothing scored from the audience. To a t- what? What was your prediction? Fifty to twenty something? They, I don't know. Check the tape. They have combined scored 16 points all year. Their offense has scored 16 points. 13 of them were to Marshall. I think we're better than Marshall. You might not think that, but... Boo. Get this guy off the show. Boo. Boo. Get him off the show. Will's about to to be a free agent. Join a Marshall podcast. Boo. Good night and good luck, folks. Yeah. I would hire me. You would hire yourself? Are you about to are you about to become a reoccurring segment? 